Hi there, welcome to Glenlyden Baptist Church's podcast network. We're glad you can join us today. If you'd like more information on the church, please visit us on our website, www.gebc.org.nz. We hope you enjoy the pod. Well, church, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to power through this and shorten this up a little bit, I think, as we go. Um, what a beautiful moment that was. Um, and we don't want to take away from that, but... Uh, the Lord is wanting to tell us some things this morning through his word and, and I, I do want to press into a couple of things there that I think are really important to us as a church. Um, and it comes out of Ephesians, the book we've been pressing through since February. Um, but I want to start by saying in 1987 I said I do. I said I do. And when I said I do, shortly after that I was married to Sarah. And she slipped a ring on my finger and I slipped the ring on her finger. What a moment. <laughs> you know, that ring, is a, it's, it's, there's no join in it. It's just this endless circle. It's a symbol of the endless love that we share together. 36 years ago, and we're still here. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Someone should be excited. <laughs> Sarah's excited. Good. You know, like 36 years, you know, we've had our ups and we've had our downs. We agree on some things and some things we don't agree on. I know, yeah, I know. It's, it's normal marriage stuff. But if I was to ask Sarah again, you know, like if, if, we, if, if I was to say, you know, if we went back 36 years, knowing what you know now, babe, would you say yes again? <laughs> I had to coax that one out. Oh, man. You know, marriage, it's a lifelong journey. But in a way in which this ring symbolizes this, this ring of never-ending love that we share, it's, it's similar to what the Bible says in terms of the love and the community in which we share together as brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to illustrate this. And um, Sarah, you'll be helping me out with this. But I need seven volunteers. Nobody. <laughs> no, you think you just put them off even more. <laughs> Joy came. Okay. Yeah, one, two. I need five more. Over here. Got one coming up on the left. One, two, three, four, five. Two more. Two more volunteers. Come on. We can do this. We can do this. Two more. Stephanie's coming. Ah, and Carolyn. Cool. All right. We've got them. Seven. Right, well done, and you came knowing that rope was involved. You are brave people. You are brave people. All right, I want to start off by doing, with this illustration, I want to start off, you know, like we, we each start out, um, when we don't have a relationship with Christ, we're, we're just out there doing our own thing, right? So you're all individually separated, doing your own thing. But when we give our lives to Jesus... In that moment, we come together. So I want you all to come together. You can go back to back if you want, so you don't have to blow on each other. Now move away so everyone can get together. Don't be naughty. Back to back. Just gather in nice and tight. Gather in nice and tight. So what happens, and, and baby, what I'm going to get you to do is I'm going to get you to go around one rope time. So you hold the rope. Just go around once. What I want to talk about right here is that when we come to faith, we come together and there are several spiritual realities. Not too tight, darling. 
All right, now just hold it there. All right, there are several spiritual realities that bind us together. Now, I want you to look at the cross because I put these spiritual realities on the cross. And the sense of the cross is the love of Christ that we all share. And then we've got these spiritual realities that come out of that. First one, we are one body. So when you come to faith in Christ, I've always wanted to do that. eh? (laughs) We become one body, one body. So there's an expression of the universal church, which is a worldwide church, and we're an expression of that as a local church. But we are one body. We are together in this. Another spiritual reality that we have is one spirit, the Holy Spirit, right? There's one spirit. I'll be gentle with the ladies. (laughs) I don't want to get that in the newspapers. All right. The Holy Spirit. Stop talking about newspapers. Okay. All right. Another spiritual reality, one hope. We have one hope in Christ. One hope, the only hope. Another spiritual reality. Better grab two at a time. This is going to take way too long. Okay. One Lord. Who's that? Jesus Christ. All right. Jesus Christ. One Lord. One faith. We have one faith. Faith in Jesus. All right. Two more spiritual realities. <laughs> All right, oh, young fella, he can get a good slap in a. Hey, one baptism, one baptism. We are baptized into this family, right? And oh, you haven't got one, have you, Stephanie? One God and one Father. Now stay there, don't go away yet, just stay where you are. All right, so these spiritual realities are the things that bind us together. You can stop going around now, baby. That's, an, that's enough rope. That's a seven rope. Okay, cool. All right, so these these realities, these spiritual realities, they bind us together, and this is what creates unity. We agree and believe on these things, right? We believe in one body. We believe in one baptism, one Lord, one faith, one spirit, one hope, one God and Father. These things we believe, yes? We are bound by these things. We have unity in these things, right? Right, you're bound. You're definitely bound. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. You want to set them free, baby? These realities are common to every one of us who have faith in Jesus Christ. Now, no talking while you're doing that, baby. (laughs) I want you to open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 2 to 6 as soon as this this lot is... Why don't you just drop the rope and walk out of it? (laughs) There you go. Now, you can take the signs with you. Right, cool. There goes one spirit. There goes one hope. (laughs) All right, cool. All right, Ephesians 2, uh, 4, 2 through to 6. I want you to listen where Paul talks about unity. I want you to listen for it. Here it comes. Always be humble. Should we give them a hand first? Yeah. Anyone who goes forward knowing ropes involved needs a hand. All right. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united. Did you hear it? United in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. 
Now, here come the seven spiritual realities. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Amen? Amen. All right. Cool. Paul talks about this unity in the spirit. So we've seen it in this, how we are bound together around these seven spiritual realities. We just read it in Ephesians. We're bound together by these things. But what is Paul really saying when he talks about unity? Is he talking about a conformity? Do we all have to have the same haircut, wear the same clothes, talk the same way? Or is he talking about something different? Well, he's actually talking about two things. Now, to understand this, we need to go first to Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 13, where it says, Paul says, Christ has given to the church some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the equipping of God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we come to such unity of our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will become mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Jesus. So the unity that Paul's talking about in verse 3 and the unity he's talking about in verses 11 to 13 are a little bit different. Let me explain. In verse 3, it says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. These are the spiritual realities that bind us. And in verse 13, it is, we are told to maintain the unity and to attain it. So there's a sense of we have these spiritual realities that bind us together. The things that we believe, we are to maintain those. No matter what happens in the world, no matter what happens in our lives, no matter what anyone says to you, no matter what anyone writes about the church or doesn't write about the church or says about the church or doesn't say about the church, these things we must maintain. They unite us. In another sense, Paul says you need apostles, pastors, teachers, etc., so that we keep learning and growing in our unity as we become more and more like Christ. So there's a sense that we, we've attained unity, but we're still attaining unity. We're growing. Do you get it? Cool. All right. Forget past that, but that's all good. Here we go. All right. Now, I want to move on because I want to talk a little bit about what actually is going on in Ephesians here. In Ephesians chapter 2, 15 to 16, we read about the Jew and the Gentile. Paul talks about them. The Gentiles are the people who are not Jewish, right? And they have believed very different things to the Jewish people. The Jewish people have customs. What Christ is doing is he's trying to bring two people together to create a new humanity. He's building the church. And it's very similar to us. We all come from different backgrounds different belief backgrounds and all sorts of stuff, but we come together, Christ brings us together as one humanity, as one body, believing the things that are essential for unity. And this is what he says in Ephesians chapter 2, 15 to 16. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It's Jesus' blood that brings us together. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups that is the Gentiles and the Jews, the two groups, one, 
and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose, Jesus' purpose, was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace and in the one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. These common things that bind us, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, these are the things that bring us together no matter where we come from. And that's what we unite under. That's unity. These things Jesus accomplished on the cross, and they are a reality that we are to maintain. Unity is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. And it's a gift of the Holy Spirit to us as a church. And then Paul says in the very beginning of Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 2, he gives us four ingredients that we must have if we are going to maintain this unity. And I want you to listen for them. I'm going to read it to you. Chapter 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Humble, gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love. These are the ingredients that enable us to stay together in unity. You heard them? (laughs) You know, the knowledge of God that we have, the fact that we have met with the all-present, all-knowing, all-powerful God, should in some way humble us because we see who we are in light of who God is. So humility is this idea of, I think a little more lowly of myself because I see the God who's called me. This is humility. When you come face to face with Jesus, with his love and forgiveness, your own righteousness kind of just pales into insignificance. There's no way that I should be, or any of us should be, puffed up with superiority. We have no right over other people like that. Gentleness. It's a fruit of the Spirit, right? It comes out of Galatians. And and when you're humbled by who you are before God, it's amazing how gentle you can become. (laughs) When you feel like you're superior, you feel you can rule it over others. That's not what Christ did. Gentleness is a gift of the Spirit. And when we submit to Jesus, gentleness helps us to avoid unnecessary conflict in life. Always remember, and Dad, if you're listening to this and watching this later on, um, this is a story that uh, I think Mum told me, so I hope it's true. Um, But my dad was one day in the pub 
um, as he did back in his day. And um, there was a bikey gang in there. And Dad was up ordering some drinks. And Dad was looking at one of the gang members. And the gang member turned and said, what are you looking at? And Dad said, I was just wondering if you'd like a beer. <laughs> the sense of gentleness, you know, that, that's, that, that's something. Just, and it changes the atmosphere, right? Yeah. It changes the atmosphere. Hmm. This is the first stage of love. It's the work of the Holy Spirit it's, that opens our eyes to see the, majestic, the majesty of God's holiness and just who we are in His presence. And, and then we go on because there's two more things here, right? And um, it says in Ephesians 1, if you want to live in a manner worthy of the calling of Christ in your life, then you know it's not just humbleness and gentleness, but it's patience and it's long-suffering. Be patient with one another. Make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Patience is another fruit of the Spirit. Patience helps us to bear with one another. I hope you know what I mean. (laughs) I mean, it could be you might really annoy me or I might really annoy you. But Christ has called us to walk together in love, bearing one another's differences, difficulties, and sins. We walk with patience with one another. And that's how we get long-suffering, because that's just not a one-off deal. Sometimes we walk for weeks, months, years with people that might annoy the heck out of us. But it's the thing that keeps unity. Yeah? Lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with humbleness and gentleness, with patience and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. In some way, we should be glad that Paul said we must endure with one another. You know why? Because it takes off the burden of thinking you're perfect. I'm not perfect. Perfect people don't need to be endured or forgiven. But I do often. And we do often, don't we? So Paul's telling us here, he's counseling us actually, Or not how perfect people can live together in unity, but how real and perfect, broken people can maintain the unity of the Spirit, namely by enduring each other in love. So the focus is on how as a church of imperfect people can we preserve a common care for one another? How can you keep Caring about a person who doesn't like you, a person who doesn't like the same music as you, a person who opposes you or wants to frustrate your dreams. How do you maintain the unity of the spirit instead of becoming hostile or cold towards someone else? Paul's answer is be humble, be gentle, be patient, and be long-suffering. We need to get a fresh perspective on that as a church if we're going to maintain the unity that we have in Christ. 
How are we doing, church, with being humble? How are we doing, church, with being gentle? How are we doing, church, with being patient? And how are we doing, church, with being long-suffering? Let's not return evil for evil. Otherwise, are we not saying to God, you're a fool for being patient with me and enduring my sin and returning good for my evil? Do you remember who you were before you met Christ? Is that not the same love we show to one another? Let's pursue the qualities of humility, gentleness, patience, and long-suffering. Do that, and the unity that Christ died to create in his church will become real in this church. And we will not bring any disrepute upon the great name of God who called us into his kingdom and into his glory. Let's pray. Thanks again for joining with us today. If you'd like to know more information on the church or reach out to one of the pastors, please visit our website www.gebc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day.